Yes. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Ruppy Muscle Podcast or YouTube channel, however you're watching. It's great to have you here. Today, obviously, we are doing our July live Q&A. We um, have a few questions that we're going to run through that have already been asked on the community tab or on the Facebook group. Um, so my um, goal here is to go through those. If you are watching on the live right now, any questions that are asked on the live um, will be answered as well. If you ask on this live Q&A in the comments, it will be rolled onto uh, August's live Q&A. Or um, if you have any other questions that want to be asked, we do also do uh, one to two monthly live Q&As as part of the Rugby Muscle Academy. All of which you can find out more in the links in the description below. As long as you're watching past fact, because if this is on the live stream, there won't be links in the description below. It will just be, uh, I think it'll be a blank page waiting for comments. So get those in. Otherwise, we will just get started, I guess. Um, before to do actually I do, again, thumbs up before we get started. Um, really does help out the channel. All the comments in uh, that go in the comment section below all add to the algorithm. They also add to the conversations that we have here and add to extra future videos that we will have um, planned and uh, as you can see we're doing weekly now we're getting quite deep in the in the content stuff we've got lots of stuff to come into for pre-season uh, for speed work for strength work lots of stuff in the pipeline for the rugby muscle youtube channel so you can support us by literally just giving a thumbs up um, and leaving any comments for the algorithm below if you want to support financially again Links for all the ways that you can work with us will be in the description below. If you're watching live, though, right now, they are not. But without further ado, let's get into the questions, shall we? So, Mike asks, uh, leaned out so far this offseason from around 34 to 31% body fat, which is a ba not bad going at all. Couldn't lift for medical reasons, but this week I can get back to hitting the gym. I still want to be... At a caloric deficit in the hopes of recomp. Um, I'm still over 30% body fat and hoping that will allow me to still make gains while at a deficit. Logical or too hopeful? Um, right, there's lots of directions I can go with this. So first and foremost, I'm going to get my little uh, nitpicks with this question out of the way. Um, I think body fat percentage is never like a... like. Depending on which machine or method you use to measure body fat it all it's all going to be inaccurate it's also kind of like a pointless number right like who cares like because someone's five percent body fat on the same machine who looks significantly leaner um, and performs significantly better um, could actually register as higher than someone else's body fat on whatever given machine it just doesn't it doesn't make sense um, to to really over analyze body fat percentage if you and i think you know, it's one of those things where I like to prefer, I prefer real more concrete data, i.e. performance numbers, weightlifted on the bar, um, and um, number on the scale, right? So if you're losing weight and the number is still going up on the bar as you're going by, that's, those are the times that we're sort of looking for, right? Do we know that we're definitely losing fat? We can't really, you know, it's hard to tell week to week to week. It's also hard to say for definite, if we're gaining muscle, if even though the numbers are going up week to week to week, but those are the things that we're looking for. So I wouldn't overly think about it. And and those and really right, 
I couldn't, whilst I couldn't say for definite, like if you are, if the numbers are going down consistently on the scale, yeah, you're losing fat, right? Uh, as long as you're doing everything right. And if the numbers are going up on the bar, I think you're going to be growing muscle. So those things are the most important things to understand about this. Also, um, number one, if you are um, like, so usually recomps are like frowned upon and I will frown upon them. I will frown upon them for the most part because I just think recomps are a, a, a person's way out of either dieting consistently um, and, and really aiming to lose fat or um, really figuring out how to eat enough to fuel their performance, right? They sort of hold you back in both areas if you're aiming for a recomp. I, I, if you're if you're really trying to gain muscle, I just make sure that you're eating enough to really gain muscle. If you really want to lose fat, I would eat little enough that to really think that you're going to be losing fat. And I think that's what you are aiming to do. And I think the recomp is a good idea. And I think the recomp, as far as let's look at keep losing fat, but let's train and watch my performance increase keep happening, is is I think that's fine. I think you can expect that. I think particularly the larger you are the more of a chance you've got of still gaining your performance as the weeks go by, even though you are in a calorie deficit because you've got just more available energy. You've got more fat storage, so your body is okay to keep using it. Um, so number one, being at a higher body fat percentage, and I say higher, like anything above 20-ish is, is higher, right? Once you get below the 20s, I'd start to consider being lean and maybe looking at our other, other options or just being a little bit more conscious of it. But if you're above 20% body fat, I think you can absolutely lose um, body fat and, and lose weight because that's what we're looking for here is we're losing weight um, and still see a, an increase in our muscle strength and our muscle size. Um, that, that would be fine. The only thing here is, um, actually, let me keep going because I'll, I'll, the other thing is that you are also detrained right you're you're you haven't lifted weights for a while um and therefore that's the other that's the other reason so if you're coming off from a layoff if you're bigger those are two of the biggest uh, and the two biggest things that could indicate that this would be possible right if you were really have have trained for six months really hard and then you say okay i've been losing and now i still want to see if i can keep pushing the numbers and losing body fat that's when it becomes difficult because then you're sort of scraping the barrel and you have to change the different methodologies that you're doing but even then, if we're looking at different performance measurements and we're still uh, periodizing properly, I don't think it's an issue. I think you can still lose body fat. You just have to be smart with the training. Um, but yes, you can lose weight. And so you're looking for that number on the scale to go down. And you're looking to then literally week by week, just keep adding more resistance to the bar. So I would look at it. It depends how you want to do it, what your big goal is. But I would look at just consistently trying to add weight to that bar um, and even potentially like just dr uh, raising the intensity so much that you end up dropping the overall volume. So you could do like a real good method I like to do is uh, if, if you start yourself on like strength work with eights and keep pushing for eights and as soon as you get, you know, you can't get that eight on the next week on the next week, then maybe you look to drop to using five reps and then as soon as you hit a weight where you can't hit that five rep, just hit threes Um and keep moving forward. Just just one way of progressing, but showing that you can still keep progressing, keep adding weight to the bar week to week. That's I like to do that. I, I think that that would be a way to um, keep that weight going on the bar and still have you not overextend yourself in a deficit. 
Um, but overall, um, I've sort of rambled there and, and that, uh, the progression scheme has, has, has thrown me off. But yes, if you are, if you are trying to lose weight, right, you want to see your number go down. If you're trying to lose fat, you want to see that scale go down, um, on a weekly average basis. That would still be fine. And you want to see your performance metrics keep going up. As that stops to happen, you want to look at, okay, am I, is this still possible? And you'd answer that question by looking at your, your, um, training, whether you, you know, whether you've been doing it for, you know, four to six weeks and potentially just need a deload, whether you have potentially maxed out this category of fitness, i.e., if you're looking at just like, you know, your reps of 10 to 15 on one given movement, is it time for a, a change of periodization and to keep that deficit coming along? Or is it time that you're just burnt out from this? calorie deficit and time to take a break and then potentially look at kind of gaining muscle but still just looking at all the different methods of performance that you uh, or performance uh, training that you want to increase to keep you moving forward so overall I wouldn't overthink it you could absolutely do so I think this has been um, overstated how difficult this is by the bodybuilding community because all they ever want to do is just gain as much muscle and lose fat and that's it right so yeah you can absolutely do that um, and I think that you should encourage, you should be encouraged to do that. And if you're struggling to do that, then like it's your training. That's, that's a miss or your, or dieting is poor. Like this, that should be like fucking easy to be honest. Okay. It looks like a couple of people want to uh, join us on the live. Thank you for the thumbs up. Any comments, any questions, let me know. Um, but for now we'll get into Hamilton's question. So, uh, per a really interesting podcast about doing 15 minutes of something each day such as skill work working on something if i were to do 15 minutes of jump rope uh mix up slow fast etc after my gym sessions do you think that would be enough to really notice anything and jump rope because we know it's great for you um i think that would make you really good at jump rope right um it would it would make you potentially decent at jumping but it'll just make you really good at jump rope. Um, it's 15 minutes is not good enough for like a, uh, uh, a, condi- a conditioning thing. Like 15 minutes is just, it's, that's not the, that's not the energy range you want to be looking at when you're looking at improving for rugby, right? Rugby is aerobic, um, you know, fuel. So if you, you want to build out to get fitter at rugby, you want to build out a robust aerobic system. 15 minutes is probably like that's, it takes about five to 10 minutes for your aerobic system to really turn on to get those mechanisms of improvement going. So you're probably going to get five minutes of aerobic work, not really worth it. Um, and I think jump rope is quite intense as well. So you end up working too hard and your heart rate will go too high. Um, it could be good at like some sort of level of like uh, ankle uh, stiffness, like when you're pushing off, right? Which can be good for speed, but why not just do 15 minutes of speed work? right? It could be good for power, right? But then again, why not just do 15 minutes of, of power work? Jump rope is just, it's, it's a, it's a good skill. Like if you're a CrossFitter, like that, that would be a good idea. If you sucked at double unders and you figured you want to do 15 minutes of, of, of double under practice or whatever every day. Yeah, that would be a good way. But if you want to do it to get better at things that are uh, you know, rugby specific, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, he goes on to say, 
Per same podcast, how can I practice as a hooker my line-out throws without having to throw the ball against a palm tree or running after them each time? Not as easy as passing from the ground uh, into a tire. Any ideas? Yes. I've got a good idea for this. So firstly, right, use your fucking 15 minutes of jump rope and, and, and practice this. Number one, that would be a great idea. Number two is, well, you've got s- several ideas, but number two would be to use a one of those half balls and throw it against the wall. Um, that would be a great way to do this. Um, that, in fact, I know hookers that do that thing, that do that exact thing. So sit some, set some targets up on the wall and just drill that, drill that throw movement. That would be great. Um, if you don't have access to that, what you could also do is literally get, you know, ask your team, hey, can I borrow one of these ball bags? I'll bring them to every training session. That could be my job to look after the balls. But if you could just borrow like six balls, you can then, yeah, throw a palm, yeah, there's a palm tree. That's, that's like a humble brag that you live in somewhere that has palm trees. All the English people there are like, fuck, I wish I was around palm trees. Um, I'd throw them at, uh, you know, you, but if you've got six, then you've got your target for all six. And, and then you can get, go uh, uh, um, retrieve all the six of them at the same time. But it's less like having to chase that ball around each time. Um, the other option, and probably a very efficient option, is to lie down on your back, right? So rather than have the ball behind your back, in fact, this is quite a good method because um, a lot of hookers now, these days, they want to just that, right? Because if the if you're uh, coming up against, and I know Hamilton, you play at a decent enough level, if you come up against decent enough uh, second rows, they're going to jump on if you if you go pull back behind your head, right? So if you go there and, and you go back... They're already uh, jumping. They're already predicting where you're going to go, and they're going to make that line out a lot more difficult for you to win. If you start just here, like right here, that's enough to to get that throw. So I'd lie down, and I would just throw it vertically. It becomes difficult to give you feedback of how well that is going, um, but you'll get a good feel for it, and then, you know, target wise, you can get target practice better. But that that's a fantastic method. So lie on your back. Um, it takes the feet out of it, but it really relies on your core to throw it up and you would throw it literally vertical so that you could come back and catch it exactly where you left it. That would be, that would work quite well. But other than that, I recommend, I'd still recommend more throwing at the ball at the wall. That would, that would work really well. And using those 15 minutes would be a good way to do it. Um, he has another question, but I'll come back to it because we've got some questions on the live feed. First, uh, Arnie. Hello, Arnie. Um, he says, is it true that I can do the basic strength workouts or do I need variety? Um, bit of both. So like, no, you. I think you need, so overall, depends what your goal is, right? If you're someone that has no background in any of this strength and gym work, then yeah, you like you could do basic lifts for like a good two years and you would continue to see that um, manifest in progression on, on, on the rugby pitch. Um whether that's the most efficient way to get you there is a different question. Whether you need the most efficient way to get you there is another question. Whether, you know, do, trying to look for um, constant periodization is a good idea that might make you overthink it and then quit. You know, that's another question that you've got to ask yourself. So some, some people like keeping it really simple because it keeps them consistent. That's kind of the reason like, I like to do or I like to tell people to do our programming. Um, Team Rugby Muscle is a fantastic way of doing this. Like you, you have two to four to five sessions a week 
and you don't have to think about it. You just literally log into our app and you look at what's what's being done. And we've got a brand new team, Rabbit Muscle, launching at the beginning of August. So if you want to sign up for our free stuff, just look at rugby-muscle.com and you can sign up or you can get early access uh, through those links. Um, th- that would be the, my suggestion. Obviously, it's biased because that's what I do, but that's that's because I, I do it because I think it's the best way for you to do it. Um, but you would need variety. Yes, you would. Because if you're a rugby player, right, basic strength work. So we're looking at, you know, sets of three to five. Hold you back as far as, you know, we're not looking at um, like your, your your power potential. So lots of different jumps. Um, we're looking at extensive power. So jumps for like sets of 10 to 20, where you're really looking at like ligament and uh, tendon stiffness, not ligament, but tendon stiffness um, and that repeat power ability. Uh, you're also looking at you're not you're not improving your speed when you're doing basic strength workouts to an extent right you're not doing any sprint work which like could have a profound effect on someone that needs to uh, get faster or that plays rugby that hasn't done that for a while like a lot of people um, that just work strength have a lot of speed potential there because they're strong but because they've never worked on their speed like you know, they, they're nowhere near as good as they could be. And some, as simple as like six to 12 weeks of working on speed has a profound effect on their performance because they've never done that before, but they've got all this stored potential because of this, their, their strength background. Um, and then just in general, like as far as like not necessarily overuse, but if you just stick with a few di- different movements and all you do is those movements, like you'll get so skilled at them that you'll, you'll, you'll inhibit your potential to get better as far as like adding more intensity, right? So if you have a movement that you're really good at and you're working at the, the you know, your highest of potential, you're not going to make any sort of significant um, technical improvements to that lift to then allow you to lift more. Whereas like if you're, if you're doing a movement, like say you were doing front squats for three months or, or, or so and you got really good at them and you got heavy that you you know you're heavy enough that you're you're technically really good and you saw improvements you saw week to week when you change the back squats now because it's a slightly novel movement you'll you won't be as good because you're not as good at the skill but you're still getting that stimulus where you're really pushing that weight you know you fast forward four to six weeks better uh four to six weeks further into the future and you have and you're lifting more weights not necessarily because you've got significantly stronger you haven't got 20 kilos stronger but you've added 20 kilos to your lift which adds 20 kilos to the intensity that you're working because you've gotten um, a little bit more skilled at that lift so your efficiency in that movement works well and also to add to that working different movements is going to teach you to get better at different movements which is going to get you better when you're looking at the overall uh, rugby performance because you're you know in rugby you're not just squatting uh, with you know one particular pattern you're you're constantly being challenged to move in different ways you know whether it be like rucking different um challenges in the scrum whether you're looking at jackling whether you're looking at tackling like your body is moving in different ways and to just to train strength in in a few different ways um it's not as efficient as it needs to be now a lot of people who are doing nothing like just focus on a, a couple basic strength workouts and do that for three months and then come back and then look at maybe advancing it Hopefully that makes sense. Um, Brendan asks, what's a good hypertrophy split for rugby? 
there is that's that's not a question that I can answer. There is like that that full body because like that allows you to work. Like there's no there's no I, I hate split questions because um, it it doesn't it it's 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 like a it's a question that that doesn't have really any Im- impact on the out output because you could do. Um, anything and make it work it, it doesn't it doesn't really matter the the only important thing about rugby is as far as splits go is if you're if you're doing your rugby training days it's not the best idea to to do heavy legs the day before or the day after if, if you're doing heavy legs i would do those on your rugby training days because then you've got you, you can use all your recovery on the days that you're not doing that right so if say if you had rugby training on tuesday Right, and then you did heavy legs on Monday because you know you don't want to do it on the same day as your rugby training. Right now you're recovering on the Tuesday from that heavy leg session, and then you're doing high impact rugby, which means that you're you're digging yourself further into the ground. And then Wednesday, like you're so far in that ground that you're not going to make optimal recovery from either of those two things. Whereas if you put those two things together, like you can then have a lighter day on the Wednesday and and recover from those. But there is no high, good hypertrophy split for rugby. There is just train to be a better rugby player and eat enough and get enough volume in so that you can then um, like make muscle gains, but also improve at rugby. Um, I've done a whole playlist on how to get bigger for rugby. And I think split comes into it on maybe like video three, where I talk about, again, full body. There's no reason to, there's no reason to say that you should, should do anything other than full body. But you know you can do full body and just not train your back every single of the, every single one of those full body sessions, right? Or, or you could do full and, and then on another session you're not training pushing movements. On another session you give your legs a rest, right? Those things. Um, there is yeah, that's that's hypertrophy splits do not dictate results whatsoever. You can make any split work. Although I will say that doing like the traditional bodybuilding split of of, of chest and, and arms and back and legs it's insufficient it's inefficient for rugby and it's inefficient for gaining muscle you should be doing if unless you're a, a top level bodybuilder who is causing so much damage throughout your sessions that you need a week to recover you need to get you need to train to gain muscle like and you need to and to just get better you should be training each body part like more than once a week all right let's go back to uh good old hamilton questions he says lastly i've noticed that you love to program front squats for us Uh, he asks that because he's a member of team rub muscle uh, which i mentioned before um it's funny because i'm the only one in the gym who does them um in this is spain though any particular reason why you're such a big fan versus back squats would love to know why you favor them i um i don't say they're necessarily better than back squats there's lots of good things to like about front squats though for rugby players number one is that they are like slightly less um they're slightly less technical than back squats uh, or they're slightly uh more difficult to fuck up than back squats a back squat and you, you'll see this a lot with people that do back squats, tend to um, either be really shallow or 
end up as like back squat good mornings where you you, you know your butt shoots up and then you you know your, your back ends up being hunched over and then you sort of good morning it up and that's you know no one likes that right you can't do that second one with front squats because you'll just lose the bar forward even if you're holding it like this which i don't ever recommend i always recommend doing it like the clean grip which a lot of people can't do which is fine and then you just grab straps and hold it like that or you'll do the zombie version um all of which are fine but mean that you can't lean forward because you drop that bar when you come forward. So then that teaches you a real good squatting position if you hold the bar in a front squat uh, position. Um, and then also the depth issue, when you're doing a front squat, you'll be able to feel yourself not go deep, right? Because it'll it'll end up being like a core movement if you go halfway on a front squat. It's very difficult to do. Whereas a back squat, a lot of people do do that. Whereas front squat, you'll get a lot more of a knee bend um, and therefore... Like, that's why I really do like them. Also, when we're talking about rugby players, like, it puts a good emphasis on that core because you need to keep your core real tight and it helps um, sort of that, like, core, um, like, um, what's the word? It helps the core, like, brace, which isn't the word I'm looking for, but it helps the core engage like you're trying to um, drive through a tackle or a ruck, any sort of uh, contact situation. Front squats are magic for that. They're really, really good. The other thing I also like about them is that they're a lot more difficult to, like I said, technically fuck up, but also load up so heavy that you throw your back out or, or, or hurt yourself. Um, you just can't use as much weight as you can do on a back squat, and therefore you're just slightly less... And, and this is where we're talking about team rub muscle. These are people that are, you know, I've got programming for all different people where they're giving me minimal feedback. I'm not coaching them one-to-one. Um, I can set them front squats and know that there's a there's a much lower chance of them adding too much to the bar that they just completely cripple themselves and they would be with, with back squats. They're just less overall systemically fatiguing and that's why they work out really well. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's why front squats are magic, Hamilton. So thank you for that question. That might lead us to the new physical preparation pyramid. He says the uh, hyperdrive and shape go hand in hand like beer and rugby. Regarding agility, is there anywhere specific you would include it? So on the rugby physical preparation pyramid, I don't have um, I, I don't have like agility in there, but I have footwork and I have speed and power. And those two things combined will add to um, will add to how you know you. Um... Jesus, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, let's go back. On the on the physical preparation pyramid, we've got um, we've got movement control. That's what I was thinking of. I don't have the physical preparation pyramid ahead of me. So we've got movement control, and then we've got um speed and power output and then we've got footwork in the middle those three things combined will 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 cover agility really really well and the thing is with agility is that agility for rugby right when you're looking if you're whether you're talking about stepping or you're talking about getting around a tackle or whether you're talking about keeping up with an opponent and making a tackle they're all skill components of rugby right you're 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 stepping part a big part of stepping your opposition when you're carrying the ball is not your ability to step. In fact, like that's that's that can be a part of it, but you'll see people get around people with really weak steps, but it's because it's a judgment. It's about manipulating the defender and then spotting the gaps to to then make that um 
to, to make that step work. It's a lot about a visual thing and a manipulating the defender thing and reading what the defender's given you or the defense in general has given you versus actually the physical art of stepping and, and moving around. Once you've got your footwork down um, and planted in the right place and you, you're fast enough, your speed, your agility is taken care of. Sorry for that little zone out uh, sort of panic attack kind of. Don't know where I went there for a second. We have got questions on the live. So Brendan asks thoughts on the bro split. Yeah, I don't like it. Jesse Krill done a bro split. Good for Jesse Krill. He's a good rugby player, but the bro split is is not. It's like loads of people do it. Loads of people do everything inefficient. It doesn't mean that that's that's the optimal way to do it. No, if Jesse, if like a be- much better way to get in, like especially doing a bro split for rugby, like it doesn't make sense. I, I think for rugby, you've got so many different things that you need to get good at. Um, I just think that having a day where you just do arms or you just do shoulders or you just do back. It's, it's not only like, like, uh, inefficient, it's, it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. Why would you not just do like, rather than do a bro split, do a heavy day, how to do a power day, do a light day and like mix it up that way, but still do it full body every bit. And that, that way each body part gets three separate stimuli, stimuli, and is able to recover from said stimuli and you're able to engage yourself and improve. And you're able to not hold yourself back by limiting yourself to just doing one body part per session. Doesn't make sense. Uh, Arnie asks, what keeps you doing the YouTube vids? People keep asking questions like bro splits and I realize that there are lots of people to help. Um, so that's why I do I, I do these videos. And, and there's lots more to still come. Um, we're about to reach 5,000 subscribers on the channel. Um, and like... As I evolve, I want to help more and more and more people. So um, we are, I, I do think we're, um, you know, and the other thing with the YouTube is that, like, I went through phases um, over the years of doing these videos, of changing what I wanted from the channel and changing what I wanted from, like, uh, not just rugby muscle, but, like, my own uh, life in general. And there have been, like, larger periods since I started rugby muscle where I put it on the back burner and now it's like the only thing I do. So YouTube is a great way of, of putting out content. It's a great way of answering questions and being specific. And it's a great way of helping people who are searching for stuff. Like Instagram, everything gets lost. Everyone, everyone wants their answer in 60, question, in 60 seconds. Um, YouTube, people still want, like I understand that this, uh, what I do here is a smaller channel. And I'm okay with that because I'm not, I'm not willing to to sort of deceive people as to the results that they can get, and I know better, right? So a lot of the unsexy stuff uh, works really well, and people that find that and they understand that, then they're the people that I'm able to help, and and so that's fine. I don't want to reach people that that have unrealistic ex- expectations of what they can they can achieve through strength and conditioning to help them a rugby player. Perfect example here is this like saying Jesse Krill done a bro split. Like Jesse Krill is a phenomenal rugby player. Right, he was he was like, like uh, I think he he played on the twenties World Cup and then capped by the Springboks in the same year. That's not because he did a bro split. That's because he's got a lot of fucking talent, right? That's a, a level of talent that you're not going to pick up by copying anything that he's done. You're you're the, the only hope that you've got is doing the best that you can, and doing a bro split is not the best that you can do. All right. With that, I think we have run out of questions. We have run out of time. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for asking those questions. If you have any more questions for me, I'm about to go get dinner, but you 
if you're watching this in the future, can ask any questions in the comments below. If you have any responses to any of my points in the, and you disagree with the bro split, love to hear from you. I'd love to debate you. I'd love to, you know, I like to give feedback and I like to receive feedback. So any comments in the comments below are always appreciated. If you just want to leave a comment for the algorithm, that's also appreciated. Um, uh, thumbs up, also appreciated. Five stars on the podcast, always go a long way. Really does help us out at Rugby Muscle. And it makes me feel good. You know, I've been doing this for a long time and I still like the recognition to see that I'm doing a good job. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of that one. Thank you guys so much for watching and I think I will see you in the next one.